Welcome to the Happiness Podcast, brought to you by me, Mark Price, and my platform, Engaging Works, designed to help you be happier at work. Having been the boss of Waitrose for many years and working within the John Lewis Partnership, I became interested in the way that we work. How being happy at work can not only transform an individual's life, but how it can also transform an organisation. So my mission is to get the world a little bit happier at work. In doing so, I've created a happiness survey which measures and then compares to others how happy you are at work. It's free to take and you can find out about it at engaging.works. In the Happiness Podcast, I'll be speaking with people from all walks of life about how they work and their happiness at work. From people who have had career changes to entrepreneurs who have forged their own career paths. It's all about happiness and how we recognise this happiness at work and all get a little bit happier. Hello, today I'm uh, very uh, pleased to be talking to Shakira Martin, uh, the president of the NUS, the National Union of Students, before she steps down having uh, had the job for two terms. And I'm talking to her in the uh, Goring Hotel in central London. Shakira, welcome. Uh, Would you like to just start by setting out what you did to become the president of the UK and US. Well, thank you very much for having me. And just for clarification, I'm not stepping down. Theresa may step down. I'm coming to the end of my term. That's really important to remember. Very good. (laughs) I made it. She didn't. Sorry. (laughs) Um, No, so I often say it was adversity, not university, that got me here. Um, As many people probably can tell or who've seen me, I'm not the traditional type of NUS president, nor do I want to be. Um, And I got here through my further education college, um, being the first black woman to hold the role following on from Trevor Phillips and the second to not have gone to university. I grew up as a confused teenager, maybe, should I say. I didn't necessarily have the best upbringing, um, so I didn't really understand the power of education. Where was home for you? So London, South East London, proud Londoner. I left home at 16. I didn't have a traditional route in education. I wasn't really career focused or necessarily had that kind of um, push by my family to be able to make decisive decisions. Um, However, I left, so when I left school at 16, I had a number of um, college places, but I dropped out not really understanding why I couldn't just stick to a, do a course and stick to and it. And what course did you do? So it ranged from, my first was business studies, which yeah. I followed my friends and done. The second was um, legal secretary, which was really fun, but just lost motivation. And then I tried to do my social science twice. Funny enough, me and my mum went to, um, we were doing our access course together, which was um, very interesting. We did both drop out, but... I dropped out first. I did. Yeah, maths. Maths is really important, may I say. Can I just say, maths is really important, but not my favourite subject. Um, But it wasn't until 2011, um, and I went to college um, and do a leadership and management course. At that time, I had my first child as well. um, And that was the first time I proper experienced education in its, like, at its best. I was going into those lessons feeling excited about what I was going to learn and coming out feeling almost full and understanding what was being taught. Um, So that's why I think it's really important that people do things that they're passionate in because it allows you to kind of continue. And how did you manage having your baby and studying? How did you juggle that? 
you just do. I don't know, like, where I come from, this is normal. So it's the, it's, there's no option. If you want to get out of the struggle, if you want to break that cycle of deprivation, you're going to have to take that big jump. So not saying that it was easy. There was times that I couldn't go to my course because I didn't have childcare or I was late on assignment. So I'm not going to say it was easy, but I knew that it was going to be hard, but no, had no option but to go through that, to bring my child out of, you know, that cycle of deprivation. So... We're now going to take the happiness survey. Okay. And this survey is about how happy you are at work. As we go to engaging work. I can't even believe NUS approved me to do this. They're very brave, isn't it? Then we click on the survey. So first we pick a language we want to do the survey. And the survey is done in 130 countries around the world. Okay. So we'll click that and we'll press English. So this is the first question. If you want to read out the question and then yeah. tell me what your answer is. Do you feel appropriately rewarded for your work? So what have you said? I've said three. You said, no, tell me why it's a three. I think because you're, you're representing so many people that maybe there are people that feel like they could reward you or praise you or say thank you, but you're so far from, from them that you're not being able to hear it. Also, it's kind of like in this kind of industry, it's not really sexy to kind of be praised for the good work that you're doing in representing your members. So I just think there's a culture around being properly rewarded for your work. If you ask me this in two, two weeks' time, once I know what job I get, the, the, the answer might be different. What about uh, what you're paid to be president of the NUS? Do you think that's fair? No, it's not, it's not appropriate. It's, not, it's appropriate... For maybe a 21-year-old with no commitment, it's not appropriate. If anybody can be NUS president, there's a potential that there could be a single mother with five children. I don't know, that might be political to you lot, but I'm just drawing it out. Is that salary appropriate for five children as a single mother? No. So, again, it's about that equity kind of basis. Okay. Even though I'm very thankful that people come out of university and don't necessarily get that salary. So both reward in terms of... Uh pay and reward in terms of how you're yeah. does that, treated. Does that sound selfish? No, not at all. This is all about how you honestly feel. Okay, next question. Do you feel recognised when you do something well? I'm going to go five. Tell me about that. So there's this thing. You could be the right person and say the wrong thing and get away with it. You could be the wrong, what people consider the wrong person and say the right thing and, and people don't accept it. So... All the people, my people that will support me and that will get me, they will always recognise, whether it's a text, drop me a message, write me a card, give me flowers, always. It's those haters that know that you've done good work but will never say, do you know what, we might not politically agree, but well done on your poverty commission. So that's why I would say five. Five because of the people who will always have my back regardless and then the other five is the haters. Next question. Do you have enough information to do your job well? Um, so I am going to say eight. Um, we are given information. Sometimes the way that information is communicated is not necessarily, it could be better. But we do get good briefings. Um, do you feel information is openly shared with you at work? <laughs> so you would think that um, being the head of the organisation, you know everything that's, that's happening. And I realise that with... Um, definitely being the head of anything, you really have to rely on your team to for their expertise in whatever subject and their specialists. I think that I would say, again, eight. 
Right. So do people tell you what's going on, do you think? They tell me what I need to know. Um, yeah, um, it's got better. I'll say A. Okay. I would have said the four before. Are you empowered to make decisions? Now I am. I wasn't before, but I am now. I'll say ten. Do you feel trusted to make decisions? Yeah, I do. But I'll say seven because it's not a consensus. Um, that's why I was elected. I think being in leadership, I think a lot of it is about not all the good stuff when it's easy to make those decisions, but the tough, tough bits of it. Um, so I, I was elected to make those tough decisions. So I would say yes, but then I know that there's those that think that regardless of whatever decision I make is wrong. So I'm not going to say 10, I'll say seven. Okay. Do you have the resources you need to do your job well? i say five. So what more resource do you think you need? I just think it's bespoke to whoever that the role is. So for me, um, um, you know, like other little things, that things that are little but isn't. So before I was getting like um, conflict resolution coaching, which wasn't for me, it was about them. Uh, no, I'm joking, it was for both of us. But um, so I was getting more, more things that I needed before we went into a financial bit. And then obviously we had to make cuts and I had to feel the, the feeling of those cuts as well. So I'll say five, um, just because at the moment we're in that transition period of trying to do things differently and building back up money. So I'm sure it will be better. Okay, and what more resource would you want? I more think people, that, I more think, time, more information, more training? I think more expectations. I think more a bit of induction about what the job actually, like the worst case scenario and the best case scenario and recognising that like because we're such a reactionary organisation that you don't necessarily have to do something wrong for something to be done wrong because of something that's happening out, outside of it. So maybe just um, maybe more time, more time to kind of set the narrative rather than be reactionary. Do you feel your views are heard at work? There's a difference between hearing and listening and then actually doing something about it. Um, I think I was going to say something and then it weren't politically correct. I don't think I'm not being heard. I think if I've said something, someone has heard what I've said whether or not they understand what I've said and have listened to it to be able to make that change or do that differently is, is sometimes de debatable. But I do think that a lot of it is probably about the culture of how NUS traditionally works. So I'll say five. Okay. Do you feel the organisation cares for your well-being? Huh. Yeah, I do. We are very like progressive in terms of we've been talking about mental health and well-being for like many many years it isn't just now since it's been like this research has come out however i would say five again um because one thing that i have realized is maybe this is an assumption as well maybe when i'm thinking about it maybe it's like stereotypes of black girl and angry black woman or and because of that she's strong but sometimes I feel that I've put off this persona maybe rightly or wrongly or naturally that 
I'm this strong person and I'm like Teflon and I can take on everything. So that actually when I am breaking, I think people think I've still got a little bit more left in me. Um, and again, I don't want to be crying every day and not show that I'm not strong, but I think that we really need to recognise that there's a, we're all human and there's only so much some people can take. And what, also being working class, like what I can be considered about my well-being might not be what 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 the organisation um, conceives. Does yeah. that make Does that make sense? Yep, yeah, that's five. Do you really feel depressed and anxious at work? Oh uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna say. So nine means that you rarely feel. Oh no. That oh yeah. That I rarely feel. Okay. So one is that you often feel anxious and depressed. Yeah. So you're a one. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell me about feeling anxious and depressed doing your job. It's very leadership is very very isolating, especially when you're having to make difficult decisions and learn the job as you've done it. I weren't built for this. I wasn't made for this. So this is like a learning curve, and I've had to learn um, along the way, and I've got a few bruises like to 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 come out of it. Um, but at the time when NUS was going through that big financial um, problem where we could have basically been insolvent, um, it felt like it was my debt, like my personal debt kind of thing, seeing my face under that article. And it, you can't say it wasn't me because you're accountable. So it was the bit of having to make tough decisions that actually meant people. And I'm very much a people's person. So once... I really understood what those decisions that needed to be made translated in and that was cut across the whole organisation. It didn't make me feel good because I know I struggle to think about my rent and, and I just can put myself in other people's shoes. I used to be really, really active on social media um, and like share, share, not like those share everything, like look at my cake, I'm eating my cake or whatever, but like, oh, I'm going here or I'm going there. And... I realised that I was just giving up, giving too much to people um, and I didn't want no more noise because it was actually making me, like, it was making me feel depressed. And then obviously everyone knows that I'm this strong person, so I can't even show that I'm depressed. Plus I've got children, so I ain't even got the time or the privilege, like, to even be in a hole for a minute because I have to get up and still be able to function. Um, so, yeah, but now... I'm leaving, so I feel good. <laughs> I feel good now. But for, yeah. for most of your time in the job, would you yeah, say that yeah. you you did feel yeah. anxious and depressed? Definitely, like, okay. the last two years, 100% okay. has been... Ask my mum, she knows the real stuff. <laughs> do you feel you... Um, do you feel you do something worthwhile? 100 million percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, You sometimes you don't even realise what you do like sometimes just a young black woman from Peckham seeing you on TV with your tattoos and you're weaving your hair and not looking like the same type of traditional person is giving hope um, and then you're doing major things like you know feeding into the old review and they've suggested to bring back maintenance grants a hundred percent it's worthwhile but sometimes and I think this is something that you have to go through and come out the perspective you think that like everybody cares and like no, not everyone everyone cares. So when I was kind of um going through all this kind of rubbish, um 
and this feeling and all the decisions that I made, it's almost like I had to tell people that I was going through it, like, oh, just to let you know that I've had to make this tough decision. And then they realised that I didn't even read that. So you think that the, the perspective is much bigger than it is, and it isn't. Like, everybody else is doing something that's equally important, but it is something worthwhile. Do you feel proud to work for your organisation? Yeah, um, I do feel proud. I feel proud now because I've got it. I've managed to make, remain, um, ensure that it's remaining solvent, pass a new set of reforms that is going to totally change the way that we run and like the culture of our organisation. But there was times that I was like, when I leave NUS, am I going to want to even put NUS on my CV, even though I know that was the most experience that I've ever had? Do I feel proud to work for my organisation? We do fantastic work. We um, were pioneering, leading the way in, in many, many, for years we've been leading the way on things around, you know, um, liberation groups and stuff. So I will say generally at eight, I do feel proud. Like deep down inside, I do feel proud. I am gonna still put former NUS president in my Twitter handle and it will stay there for a little while. So I'm not going to lie. But that is definitely because of coming out of the hardship. Maybe if we closed down and we didn't pass the reform, I probably wouldn't. But on it, I would say eight. How likely are you to recommend your friends and family to work for your organisation? Three. You're giving <laughs> yourself a three. So why wouldn't you want your daughters or your family to do what you've done in the NUS? So let me just make it clear, is that NUS is a niche organisation working in a political environment. So I don't necessarily feel that it's always the organisation, but it's what we do that makes it put off. And the reason why I would say free is because as it is at currently, we have to majorly change the culture and how we work and how we treat each other um, and really kind of respect everybody's role within the organisation. But you definitely have to know what you're getting yourself in for. So... Did you know? No, hell no. Mm -mm, I thought it was just... No one and if you know what you know now, would you do it again? Yeah, because I'm a risk taker and I like challenge. So I like the hype. I'm a bit hyped. I like challenge. Um, but I didn't know it would affect. And remember, for me as well, my job is personal. So it, it's, it, it's personal. You were going so to say it didn't affect you. didn't think it would affect you uh, mentally as much as it has. Literally, right. Yeah. Literally affected, yeah, affected me. I've never suffered from anxiety like before. Or it's not something that I've gone to the doctors and say that, oh, I, I suffer from anxiety. But there were some feelings that I have felt like over the last month that hasn't been describable, that I just have to say maybe this is the feeling of being anxious, your heart palpitating, your armpits feeling itchy, like, randomly, and, like, you're just not having... And also, because I am, I am how I feel, which sometimes is a bad thing and sometimes is a good thing. The minute I fall out of love with whatever, it could be the work, it could be a man, I don't really care.
because I give 100%, I have to walk away because it will show through my actions and it will show through my, my, my persona. And because I'm genuinely a nice, like, happy, happy person, the minute I take a step back, I know that I can lighten up a room and I know that I can bring it down. So that's not what I want to be remembered for. So the minute I feel like I'm going to suck So you're energy, a legal high. <laughs> I like that. I do kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, but the minute I know that, do you know what? I'm going to bring down the energy in this room or I'm going to like, if people have to be asking me, are you okay? Are you okay? That means I'm not like, I need to cut it. Okay. Do you feel you're treated with respect? Say two. Okay, why is that? I think, so I'm answering this question as a whole, mm -hmm. rather than like separating the people that do respect me and the people that don't. But um, no, I feel like people feel that you're at their beck and call all the time, that they can, because what I'd done before, I was making myself readily available. So someone could message me Friday night at 9.30 and I would give my time to talk or try to help you and or I would stop in the street and give you like half an hour of my time um, but then I think social media just gives this platform for people to be able to say anything even without backing it up and I think regardless and I said it in, in my closing speech at national conference I was like regardless of me being NUS president I am a mother, I'm somebody's daughter, I'm somebody's sister. Actually, I'm just a human being. And but for that, it's just basic courtesy to just be polite for someone. You can tell me anything, but just the way that you say it to me needs to come across correctly. Like, don't just come and talk to me like, you own me. You don't own me. I'm going to say two. Okay. Do you enjoy your job? Okay. I'm going to say ten even though that probably doesn't make sense to everything else that I've said, but all the good things outweigh the bad. Like, once you get, like, significant change, like a policy change, or I would not, I would not, not have wanted to have this opportunity. Like, if I could go back in time and be like, get out, I would definitely have made the same choice again. I do really, really, really enjoy my job. I meet some amazing people. I think the ones, the bits that I love most about my job is being connected with people that in my real life I would never have spoken to or would never have spoken to me. And then you have a conversation and realise you've got actually a lot in common. And like, it might seem so far between, but actually like, you can really kind of build new friendships and relationships. And now I've got like, so many, I've got like a, a family, an additional family. So as much as it's stressful, it's awful, you're unappreciated, I personally love my job. Very good. Do you feel you have a good relationship with your line manager? So I line manage the CEO because the way NUS works is more like a, a civil servant. So it's like I'm the MP and the staff are um, my civil servant. NUS has been through a bit of a rocky um, time. So my chief exec that um, I started off with left, so we had an interim manager, and um, which, um, which was someone that worked for the organisation before, and we have really grown, I think we've gone through a big piece of history of NUS together, so definitely now I think that our relationship is much stronger than it was in the beginning. I actually gave him a hug the other day.
So I'm going to say, I'll say nine. Do you feel you are being developed? A hundred million. This is definitely character building. Do you feel you're being developed every single day? Or what did I come out with? Economics? Some, I don't even know what I came out with. I'm starting to definitely being developed. I think differently. I think academic, naturally. So now, like, when I'm doing writing, I'm like, oh, I need to back it up. Oh, I need to... And that, nobody... It's not even because, like, I've been to university, but now I know, okay, I need to prove it. It's just, like, so amazing that I've, it's almost like this whole journey has been, like, a study skills lesson. I feel developed as a leader, as a human being, as a mother, um, as just, a, like, definitely being developed. I... I'm, I like the person that I am transitioning to. Great. Do you feel happy at work? When? Today? Today? In general? Yeah. In general. I'll say five. That's interesting, isn't it? Because the job, you were ten, but happy, you're five. Mm. Why is that? Because I think, okay, so number one is we're a democratic organisation. And I love democracy and I believe in democracy, but it doesn't mean that you'll get to work with the people that you that that you want that you would ideally want to work with. Um, so the culture of the organization has been very unhealthy, and I find that very difficult again because of that if I fall out of love type of can't pretend kind of thing. Um, and obviously being a leader, you have to set an example, but you're also a human being at the same time, so it's like how do you balance that? Um, and I definitely prefer being out in with the membership and with the sector than being in my office. Okay, so it's a five for do you feel happy at work? Yeah. The next question is the last of the questions. Okay. Then we do some profiling okay. questions. So this is what three changes would you make to be happier at work? Ooh. Culture. So what do you mean by culture? Just the way that we treat people. I think we've done a piece of work in NUS, um, a, a bit of a commission, um, where we had this um, organisation come in and just look at the culture of our workplace. And because, obviously, we're in a political environment and politics right now is just a mess, and I think it's kind of run through every political kind of aspect, um, and just the way that people treat each other. Like We can fundamentally disagree, but at the end of it, we're a team and we have a mission, and that is to make sure that students are supported and their rights are extended okay so improve the culture is number one yeah um so what's number two relevant so to be relevant so i think that being um having a membership organization is really really challenging at times and difficult because your stakeholders are far and few between and i think traditionally within the education sector higher education is always kind of the russell groups are probably like the ones that you know society talks about, and then they have the money, so they pay more into the organisation, so they want more out of it. Um, and for me, it's about being relevant for the very purpose of why we were set up in the first place, and that was when Ivan McAdam set up NUS, it was to have that, that collaboration of a strong um, group of students, leaders, to kind of set the way because we can't rely on the politicians, but sometimes I feel that we're forgetting our purpose and becoming irrelevant and talking to ourselves rather okay. than talking out. And your last one? 
You said money earlier. I did say money, but I don't think... When I think about it, you could pay me, like, £100,000 and some of the things that I go through ain't going to necessarily would make solve you happy. it. I think... Or make you happier. Um, no, we're not going to make... Counselling. Anxiety That's counseling. what I was going to say. I was going to say... Um, I was going to say, like, aftercare. I think aftercare. I think that um, when I say aftercare, I think definitely there should be some sort of coaching or counselling throughout the person, the individual's journey. But I think sometimes because the job is so reactionary, you don't never have time to reflect. You're always moving a million miles an hour. I don't know what I'm going to be like two weeks post when everything hits me. And maybe that's the time I'm going to need counselling or whatever. And I think that the organisation actually has almost like a duty to ensure that, you know, the job hasn't affected people's mental state moving into especially a, a proper job. When I say a proper job, as in like, you know, if we were moving into the corporate world, they're not necessarily going to be that progressive and caring about, you know, that your last job was so terrible and that's why you burst into tears when something happens or whatever. So I think NUS definitely could do something for officers once they finish their term. Okay. So what we do now is go through a number of uh, demographic questions. Yeah. And these are going to help to make sure that the score that comes out yeah. is against somebody that, that yeah. is like the you. profile, same the profile. profile. Okay, same. so what is your gender? Mine is female. What is your age? Old. Oh my God, have I moved to that? Oh no, I'm still in the, in the, I'm still in the third column. Are you management or non-management? Are you, oh, management. Which job from the list most reflects what you do? So chairman, CEO. CEO. Yeah, that's it. Which industry do you work in? Education. Which country do you live in? United Kingdom. United Kingdom that ain't united right now. What is your ethnicity? Black, African, Caribbean. Okay, finish. You finish, so click finish. Oh my gosh. And what happens? I'm scared. Yeah, in about 15 seconds, Shakira Martin, we get your score. Will you have beaten so, the global oh average? Where will you it. be against other people I in education? Oh gosh. So, Shakira Martin, your score is out of a thousand. 644, isn't that? Oh, what? And so, for that's for you, 644. Yeah. And for people in education, the total is, the bottom one there? 608, and so globally, 654. So you're just below the global average, but you're well above people in education. So if we do this, Ooh. we can see... Where you were strong and less strong. So your biggest area of weakness was yeah. on reward and recognition. Yeah. Where you scored 40 yeah. out of a possible 100. Your highest area was on feeling empowered to do your job. That kind of makes sense though, isn't it? I, I believe, I, I trust this result because I, it makes sense. And then job satisfaction, you gave yourself 60. Uh, well-being, 63. Instilling pride, so having pride in what you do was uh, equal at 70 with having the information to do your job. Uh -huh. So the big thing really that came out was around feeling rewarded 
and feeling properly recognised, and that's where. But I think that's about right in terms of like the type of job that you do. I think, I think, being involved in politics and stuff is the recognition. You're not. No, is that yeah? Yeah, well, well, you get a lot of criticism, don't you? So if we go down, the next thing that we come to is the well-being index. Okay. And what this does is it measures your well-being at work. And we took a couple of questions uh, on each indices to look at this. So they were questions about whether you feel rarely um, uh, anxious and depressed at work. Um, And what that shows is that you are below the global average and education. So you're in the box down there. So you're the bottom right-hand box. So it's saying that you scored lowly on this question here. Now, if you were doing this on your own, what we would say is if you score below seven, yeah. you might go and take the NHS well-being test, and that properly measures your uh, anxiety at work. And if you click on that, if you were to click on that, you go off, do the test. There's 15 questions. Yeah. And then depending on the score, what it might say to you is, you should go and have a chat with somebody, GP, whatever. But you should go and do that test. What this is is an indicator of what you already know, that you've been through a very stressy and anxious time. The next one is uh, what we call the stickiness index. And this is on how likely you are to either stay in your job (laughs) or leave your job. And what that shows is that um, this is a reluctant remainer. So that's reluctant remainer. So you would, you would stay if you had to stay, but you're actually probably looking forward to going to something else now and taking your experience forward. If you were down here, determined exeter, it would mean that you're desperate to get out. Oh, then I would have been stepping down. You would you could <laughs> have been stepping down. The next matrices shows you whether you're an apostle or whether you're an anarchist. And what this means is how positively you talk about your organisation. So in the top right hand, you're an apostle. In the bottom, uh, you're an anarchist. And you're kind of slightly moving towards the anarchist really? space. Really? They call the me slightly... right wing, though. Yeah, but by this, what it, what it really says is that when you talk to people about what you do, you don't say, it's the most brilliant thing ever. I would recommend everybody in the world should go and do this. What you say is, it's got its downside. There yeah. are some issues. There yeah. are some problems. There are things that I'd like to change. So you score slightly below the average on that. Yeah. Then this one, you score incredibly high. So the next index we've got is about career development. And you can see that you're off oh the gosh. chart. You feel, as, against others, you feel as though you've been spectacularly well yeah. developed in the role. The next index is about inclusiveness. And this is about how included you feel in your organisation. Mm-hmm. And again, you score above the global average and you score quite a long way above your industry. So you feel more included than most people do in education. But I guess that's because it's from the student perspective. Maybe being a staff member, your hands are constrained, and that's probably why like, I am the expert voice in that room, whereas if you have all the HE people like together, yeah. it's almost like they're... They don't feel the views yeah, are heard. Yeah. Quite. And this is the empowerment matrix. This is how empowered you feel. And again, you score well above the average in terms of feeling as though you can take responsibility and make things happen, which is great. Then the very last one is a sense of purpose, whether you think you do something worthwhile. And again, 
you score well above the global average and above your industry. Then if you wanted to, if you uh, had the time, if you sign in, you can do a deep dive into your results. You can look at every question. On every question, you can compare yourself to people. Can you send me like the link you. then? Yep. This is free, and it's for anyone in the world. And what we recommend is that you do this frequently. So when you go to your next job, you do yeah. it, and you see what you like at the start of your job. Yeah. And every six months, and then you look at the areas where in your job you're feeling and then you happy, know. and then you know. So I've got two last questions for you, if that's yes. all right. First one is, what song, when you hear it, makes you feel happiest? Drake. Started from the bottom, now you're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team's here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. So that was fantastic. Not only did you sing it, you did dance movements too. They do. My name's Shakira, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then the very last question I've got for you is... If you could nominate somebody to take the workplace happiness Jeremy survey... Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, what? Oh, who my would workplace? It be? No, no, no. Who, who would you pick to do this test? Jeremy Corbyn. And why would you pick Jeremy Corbyn? Mm -hmm. Just to see if he's happy in his job. And what do you think? He's... No comment. Because politics is difficult. No comment. It would be... I, I think if I saw his result of this, then maybe I'll be able to understand why his actions are a bit more better. Okay, great. Well, one of the things we uh, will probably do now is uh, write to the leader of the opposition and on your recommendation, ask him if he'd like to do the workplace happiness test. I, okay. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know. So, Shakira Martin, uh, finally, it's been a complete pleasure meeting you, Thank talking you Lord, to you. Mark finding out all about your um, time uh, as president of the NUS. I wish you every success in your future. Thank I'm you. sure it will be a very bright thank and successful you. and meaningful one, but thank you. Thank you. Don't forget about me now. You won't. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for listening. And again, if you want to take control of your workplace happiness, go to engaging.works and take the free happiness survey. See you next time.